Hello and welcome to the Lights on a Screen podcast. I am your host, Jacob London. Sorry we weren't here last week. Uh, we, the you Look, it was Thanksgiving weekend. It's a pretty big weekend and uh, we were all very busy. So unfortunately, we weren't able to get into a recording. However, we are back this week and I am joined by my wonderful panel of experts. Taylor, how are you? Good. You know, just uh, living the dream as usual. <laughs> just it's nine o'clock at night, and you're you're tired. At night, it's past my bedtime. I have to be up for work at four thirty in the morning. You know the vibes. That's where I'm at. <laughs> and of course, it wouldn't be a show without Lainey. How are you? I didn't know I was an expert, so thank you for that title. Um, but yeah, I'm great. I'm also tired, but like I have no excuse. It's three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> um, so yeah. We really should maybe change the show to like uh three hosts, two continents or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> god. Oh god. Anyway. Uh well, this has been a very big week. Uh mostly for movie going. And there isn't a one single major movie that actually opened this week uh for both of us. I think our major one was Silent Night and hmm. Godzilla minus one, um, which again, we'll talk about it. But uh, so instead, we're going to kind of recap one that we all got to finally see that you saw at Biff and we only just were able to see it here in the US. Uh, and that is Anatomy of a Fall. But before we get into that, and we're going to do some Oscar talk, we're going to go over what movies we've been watching over the last two weeks. And uh, unlike our usual topic, our usual uh, dive into this conversation, I've watched a ton of yeah, movies. Yeah, you actually have a list. I, like, I've been watching movies. I suddenly have been waking up and going, I'm going to watch a movie today, uh, which is not the usual me. But uh, before we get into me... Taylor, what have you been watching as the one who works full time here now and does not have time to watch There's movies There's literally anymore? one movie and you and I both saw it together. So it doesn't, I don't know how much that actually counts, but well, we saw American fiction. Yes. Oh, well, actually we should talk about American so. fiction because we, we're the only ones who've seen it. Um, I think we're going to be talking a little bit more about this movie later when we get into our Oscars conversation. But <laughs> uh, what did you think of American fiction? I really liked it. Um, the trailer isn't selling you the movie. Oh God, no! But <laughs> oh God, but, but it's really good. Um, I think that Jeffrey Wright is incredible. He is so good uh, in this movie. But so is the whole cast. To be honest, um, Sterling K. Brown is hilarious in this movie. <laughs> he is so fun. Um, it's it's funny because it's like. Part of the movie is kind of that comedy that the, the trailer's trying to sell you about a guy who, you know, finally sells a book he wrote, but he wrote it as a joke, as like a middle finger and was never actually going to try and sell the book. And then he ends up selling it and get, gets movie deals. And like that part from the trailer is in it. And it's funny and it's good comedic relief and it's good commentary, good social commentary on the state of Hollywood, on the state of um, just consumption of different cultural perspectives in general and how much of a mess it is but there's also a huge chunk of the movie that's like a family drama mm -hmm. which is really really good actually <laughs> like i wasn't 
quite ready for it because it gets really emotional but it's awesome there's a choice the movie i know i'm going to spoil it but there's a choice the movie makes 10 minutes in that you are going yeah where the hell was this yeah like, i know and suddenly you kind of are told oh that's the type of movie we're about to watch like the the commentary on what does on black black representation within hollywood and, and black representation with media and the type of stories that black people are allowed to tell and that it, actually sell yeah and yeah. that actually sell like that's in there and it's it is a driving force of the film but it's not the only focus of the film which i thought is fascinating because it's not it at all what the trailers have been selling you no definitely not and but Lenny's sitting here so confused like wow what the hell is this movie <laughs> it's awesome it's really good the whole cast is really great um and I think it has a really good balance of the comedy and the drama. Like, it's just, it's a really good movie. I I really loved it a lot. Um, and I thought, like, I went into it thinking I was going to enjoy it, but I just really loved it. Yeah. I thought it was really well written. It was well directed. The whole cast is awesome. Um, and it almost, like, kind of feels like a companion piece to The Holdovers to me, just in the sense of, like, among all the different movies we're getting this year, those two just feel like I was able to sit with them and it took you on like a really nice personal journey with the characters and you really just got to like, I don't know, it just felt emotionally grounded in a way that a lot of other movies this year just haven't. They're either like super crazy or dramatic or like, you know, because Saltburn is nuts mm. and then Oppenheimer's this grand like historical drama that does have emotion but it's not like a grounded you know family story like mm -hmm. and then barbie is barbie but just to me american fiction and the holdovers are like to me they're like twin films those are like the ones where i'd be like those are just their own kind of separate vibe and i love both of them yeah um have you because I, I when american fiction doesn't open to like january or february no idea i haven't even seen it on our lineup to be honest like i updated it um for work like yesterday and i don't recall seeing it right yeah it's look when it does eventually open it is a very good movie that uh, our australian yeah. viewers must go and check out it hasn't even actually opened here yet yeah but, technically it's not it even it opens opening. next week here okay. in the u.s so uh if you haven't seen american fiction do check it out um so I went on, so at the moment I'm on a bit of a uh, waking up early kick and when I came home and then, you know, Clint Taylor goes to work and I come home and I decided I was going to watch the uh, Bourne trilogy. So I watched those for the first time in forever and the Bourne Identity, Bourne Supremacy and Bourne Ultimatum. I don't count the other two because the other two aren't good. And my, I could have sworn a week ago, I actually did record something a week ago where I said identity was the weakest of the three. Nope, I was wrong. I was a hundred percent wrong. Identity is the best of the three by far. Like it is like not in a negative towards the other two movies. I just couldn't believe how much I loved the born identity. Like I was just remembering, no, oh, this stats for this movie is fantastic. How did you switch up like that? Like thinking it was the worst to like, why uh, did you think it was I, the worst? I think because like one, it had been nearly eight, nine years since I'd watched them. And then, and 
I think when I was younger, like the, you know, the last time I'd watched them, the the act, the like shaky cam action of Supremacy and Ultimatum were what I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. And now I'm like, no, give me that emotional story. Like I actually really care about the emotion of the first movie. And I think that's that was the difference for me. Um uh, the other and then a, a day later I decided that I was going to fill so those so I did a rewatch of the ones I hadn't watched in forever. And then I decided I'm going to fill in some of the gaps that's in my movie history. And I watched three John Carpenter movies. I watched Escape from New York, which I got yelled at a lot that I had never seen. So I finally watched Escape <laughs> from New York. Um, I watched The Fog, which and so and I really liked Escape from New York. I thought Escape from New York was awesome. It's a really fun, great movie. There are plenty of movies that have stolen from it and being able to watch it. And like it's one of it's hard watching one of these ones where you know that all these other movies have stolen from it. And you're watching it and going, Yep, I I really enjoy this. This is awesome. Like, but I can see where Die Hard got all of it from, and I can see where all these other movies got all of this from so i still really enjoy it i still think it's a really kick-ass movie um i I, it's just yeah i i think it's a really great movie if you've not seen escape from new york um and then i watched the fog was not a fan uh i think the fog would uh it's got uh it's one of two movies that jamie lee curtis ever starred in with her mother uh and it's just not very good I I just was not very a very big fan of it. Um, it's it's a horror movie, and I just don't think it landed a lot of the a lot of it. It wasn't very scary. The atmosphere wasn't really there for a Carpenter movie, so I, I wasn't I wasn't digging the fog much. Uh, they live was cool. Um, but like in that eighties kind of goofy way, and it's not subtle. But it's also from the 80s where like like it's not subtle in its critique of capitalism and Reaganism and, you know, Reagan in the 1980s. But it's the 1980s and you kind of couldn't be subtle. Like you kind of had to hit people over the head of, hey, uh, this is kind of, you know, capitalism bad. You can't. Yeah, like it, that's kind of what it is through the whole movie. And it, it does it in its very unique and different way so it I, I did like they live um but the best movie i have seen over the last week and i, I and blake is probably gonna is still i think very mad at me for this um godzilla minus one i'm not the big giant monster fan like i just generally aren't i, I i'm not I don't gravitate towards those movies very often. Um, I've really not liked any of the legendary ones. I've only seen a couple of the original Japanese ones, and it's been a very long time. But like, I, I liked Shin Godzilla. I will admit that I thought Shin Godzilla was very good. This movie is fucking fantastic. If like Godzilla minus one, if every single monster movie ever, like big giant monster Godzilla type movie. Was this emotional and gave you this much caring about your actual, about their characters? I would be the biggest monster movie fan in my entire life. Like it's, I spent the entire movie one. Godzilla's terrifying. Like they may, they don't do the whole slow build up to him. They just, he is there at the start and he is 
terrifying and it is genuinely scary to the level of like the T-Rex attack in Jurassic Park. Like it's that it's that visceral of just like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. And then um they give you this incredible story of like survivor guilt. They turn Godzilla into this metaphor for survivor guilt and like this manifestation of of what it means for a country to lose a war, what it means for men to suddenly have to go back to go back home and and live with losing a war. And it's, it's really fascinating dive into survivor's guilt, PTSD. Uh, Yeah. I go check it out. It's playing, I think for a couple of weeks, like it's got a very limited run, not a massive one. Um, Same here. It's um, it's out now. So yeah. So if you if you haven't seen it, go check it out. And then lastly, the uh, my other major movie that I watched, that uh, I I think I'm the only one here who's seen, uh, Silent Night, the new John Woo action movie. It's bad. I mean, it's okay, not bad. <laughs> it you is- get like three stars. I'm I'm changing it. Like the more and more I think about it, I like watching it. It okay. The gimmick of no 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 dialogue becomes grating towards the end. Like it's it it just starts to get on you, and then like it's very generic. The one element that I like about it was like the first half of the movie. So it's basically a you know it's a one a, a one man army type movie. We've seen all these before, and the one thing I kind of liked that was like, oh, I haven't seen that in a movie before, is we find is like these one man armies, and the next day they're able to be a full blown assassin. And this one goes, no, it's a full year. Like he is trained, and it shows you like him training over a year, and then when he goes out in his first night to kill somebody it's not training and i liked that i i liked that they showed that that like he goes out to kill and he throws up his first time like it it's that it's it's not the same thing as training it's not the same thing as shooting down a shooting range or watching youtube video, defense videos like it's no this is real and they're hitting back and i i liked that aspect of it but for the most part, like this is a John Woo movie, and I didn't feel like it was a John Woo movie. If you had told, like, out outside of a couple of moments, if you had told me that, you know, John A. Smith director made it, I'd been like, yeah, that's fair. I can kind of see that. Like, I, I, there's nothing really about it outside of the uh, outside of a couple of like overly emotional moments where you're like, oh, yep, that's John Woo. But outside of that. I just don't think the whole the the movie particularly worked for me, and the more and more I think about it, the less I'm giving it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's Silent Night. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't overly recommend it. That sucks. I'm really excited for it. That's fair. I I can agree. I cannot like like I said like the the gimmick. You know, one I didn't I didn't know because I haven't actually seen the trailer, so I didn't know that there was really a, yeah I didn't know that there was the gimmick going in. So at the start when it's going through, I'm like, oh, they're not using dialogue. There's no dialogue. There's no dialogue. Oh, and then you click, and they're like, wait, this whole movie is going to be no dialogue. 
oh, okay, cool. That's cool. And then towards the end, you, it starts getting just fucking talk to just talk to each other. There's one scene in particular where the plot forces him to be an idiot because of the no talking. And it's like because there's no dialogue, because of nothing, the plot forces everyone to be stupid. And that gets annoying. But yeah. Yeah, because there was another one this year, No One Will Save You. It was kind of like an alien invasion horror that also yeah. had no talking. And yeah, that really, like what you said, like it gets old after a while. So maybe they'll be the same case. Yeah. Um, Lainey, what have you been watching? Not much, to be honest. I only have three movies to talk about. Um because yeah, like I said, busy week. Um, but I finally, finally finished the Harry Potter franchise. <gasps> Took you twenty. I had, I had somehow. I don't know. Like I've watched these movies so many times, and somehow only the first six. I just would get to like half Blood Prince and be like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> I never watched the last two, but... and like oh yeah cool just one of the biggest cliffhangers at the end of a movie ever we're just gonna stop <laughs> I it was interesting because like obviously finished them and I was just kind of saying I love these movies but I can't say I have like really deep connections with the characters where I'm like oh my god this happened to this character besides Dobby because <laughs> to everyone's surprise I had no idea he died for some wow. reason for somehow all all these years I had fully escaped to the fact that he died in one of the movies um so when <laughs> when that happened I was like <gasps> you're a bowling mess like yeah like was like you didn't know that what <laughs> um but yeah so I finally did that. They're great movies. I don't think I gave any movie below four stars. Like they're all, I, I love them all. They're all great. Uh, my favorites are probably um, freaking Prisoner of Azkaban and Order of the Phoenix. Those are like my top hey. two. Order of the Phoenix surprised me. Thank is that you. Yours as well? Thank you. Someone else is part <laughs> of the Order of the Phoenix crew. Thank you. <laughs> like the one a lot of Harry Potter fans hate for some stupid reason. And then. Really? Yeah, but like, it's my favorite, and I think it's Blake's favorite as well. I, Blake said it's one of his. I think it's one of is his favorite. It's prisoner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like, every now and then I'll hear someone say it's their favorite. I'm like, yes, I'm not <laughs> the only one. Uh, but yeah, glad to be here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then so that's that. That's basically it. But last night we, me and Kiara watched Renaissance, a film by Beyonce, oh. which. Oh my god. I uh, I can't even like it's just incredible. Like she is just how can she be human? And like it's funny I say that because the whole documentary is about the fact that she's trying to prove that she's not this machine. She's also like a mother and a wife and still has to like she can't be Beyonce all the time. Um but which is really beautiful like it's just such a beautiful documentary getting to know her outside of her persona and also just that compared with her persona and her stage presence and everything she does as a businesswoman and as a performer is just 
beyond me. It's insane. Um, so I would recommend that to anyone, literally anyone. If you're a fan, you're going to find so much joy and euphoria out of it. But if you're not, you'll be your eyes will be awakened to the power of Beyonce. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm seeing it again on Sunday. Um, and I cannot wait. And I'm going to have the best time. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it. We've got two movies. We're seeing Zone of Interest tonight. Oh, and then Godzilla tomorrow. We're traveling an hour out of our way to go see it because it's the only cinema that's playing it in VMAX. Where, where are you going? We're going to Gold Coast. Oh, town, town. Umrah. They're literally the only, wow. the only place in like basically anywhere in Brisbane that's playing it in a VMAX cinema. Wow. I know. Yeah, so we're like, well, like, I guess well, that's it. The one I went to was the only one, like the night I went, because of Beyonce's, she's taken up all the IMAXs and Dolby's. The night I went was the only when they did the the early screening and they gave out the poster and everything was the only VMAX, the IMAX screening that they're showing, at least near mm-hmm. us. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's why I was like, I am going that night. And I did. And I am very glad I did. Um, all right. Well, there were three movies that opened thanksgiving weekend that we all got to go see yes uh one of you well uh laney you got to see one of them oh you missed this you missed one at biff didn't you 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 missed saltburn at biff saltburn yeah Yeah. i just saw it when it released yeah well do we want to start with saltburn or do we want to start with wish or (sighs) we'll start with saltburn Mm, no, let's not, because it only goes, no, <laughs> it like, goes it downhill. It only goes downhill from there for me. <laughs> True. So not do that. All right. Uh, let, okay. Well, let's get out the one that I don't have a whole lot to say because I just wasn't the biggest fan of it. But let's just talk about Napoleon to yeah. start with. Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah. Look, I think my 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 letterbox review kind of summed this up. I think it's genuinely hilarious that. An 85-year-old British man decided, hey, one of the biggest heroes in French history, I'm just gonna make a movie where he was a pathetic little dweeb. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Like I just that's just my favorite Literally, thing in the entire world. You sit there for three hours and go, Wow, he's an idiot. Wow, <laughs> he's really insecure, but also really vain. Wow, he's really bad at sex. Wow, <laughs> this guy sucks. It's basically that for three hours. <laughs> Uh, which is actually kind of hilarious. Yeah. Um, I will talk about the good thing about this movie. Uh, because I have one good thing to say, and that is Vanessa Kirby Nation yeah. Rise. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, because she was awesome. She was. She was so good as Josephine. Um, she just killed it. Like I, every time she was on screen, I was like, "Yep, yep, good times." Awesome. Great. And then are we going to do like a separate like spoiler talk for all nah. this? Okay. Cause I have one thing that like baffled me through the whole movie in relation to her. <laughs> and I couldn't figure out like she like has kids at the start and then they just disappear for two and a half hours. And then at the end, like her daughter shows up after she dies <laughs> that we haven't seen yeah. in like, 15 years. <laughs> like, like new actress, everything is just like, oh, okay <laughs> like like you go through the whole movie of being like oh it's her fault napoleon can't have kids where are the kids she had that we met at the start of the, what did they just get banished to a dungeon somewhere like what happened <laughs> i just found that yeah actually hilarious like that was i was like i don't 
understand what's happening here. Um, the other, because I don't really have a lot to say about this either. Battle sequences were great. Mm. Ridley Scott always knows what he's doing with those big battle sequences. Um, locations were great. Like, aesthetically looked awesome. <sighs> Maybe I'm just a hater at this point. But I just did not buy Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon. I just, I don't know. I was just seeing him not doing a French accent and just being, I don't know. I was like, okay, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. He was fine, but I just wasn't like blown away by any of it. I can say that. Yeah, I wasn't. I don't know. There was like one. I think it's very, very clearly obvious that there is a four-hour cut of this movie. Like, I think it's like. The opening hour to me was a mess. Uh, I of just like cutting and it. Look, I ha- don't know a whole lot about the French Revolution. I never did the French Revolution, but like sitting there going, "What the hell is going?" Do you know how much they didn't tell you about any? I okay. Full disclosure: I spent a year in high school studying the French Revolution. Our academic decathlon topic of the year was literally the French Revolution. I spent a whole year reading about the French Revolution and they just, that was a freaking disaster. They didn't do anything to tell you about, like, they would flash up a date and be like, this happened, but they didn't actually tell you what was happening. Like, it didn't give anyone watching the movie any understanding of what the French Revolution was or, like, why it mattered that people were so mad at the ruling class. Like, why there were beheadings like happening it just didn't set up anything like do you know how like intense like everything that actually led up to the french revolution was like shit was insane the french know how to wreck shit okay (laughs) like when they are mad about something even today their protests are next level they don't give a shit they will wreck you and this movie just did not it was just like oh Here's a casual shot of like some mayhem, but like it doesn't really. It was a disgrace to <laughs> what the French Revolution actually. I'm sorry, like uh, the nerd in me sorry. is actually very angry about this. <laughs> so, Lainey, where 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 did you land on Napoleon? Oh, look, um, I'm just I don't care about war history films in general. Like all the big ones that everyone's like, this is the greatest movie of all time. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> So I just, like, wasn't invested in any of that. You know what I mean? Um, And I completely agree with Taylor, like, because I don't have any context on the French Revolution. Like, a lot of it was that was happening. They were talking and I was like, I don't know what is going on Hmm. because it's almost like I needed prior context or something like that. It assumes you know, which, like... and, And it, like, will flash up a random date but it doesn't really mean anything. Mm. Like, it doesn't yeah. actually, like, tell you. And the stupid thing is, like, because, I don't know, maybe it's just, you know, like, I think most people know when it comes to French Revolution, they know, oh, the Marie Antoinette gets a head yeah. cut. Most okay, people yeah. know most that. Most people know that, at least. They sent her to they the guillotine s- and she gets her head cut that. Yeah. Of like, which, I, okay, cool, you're going to start with that. No one knows what happened next. Yeah. You kind of need to explain that. Well, yeah, yeah, that was frustrating, but also, and maybe like this is just a personal thing for me right now because I can appreciate war films. They're not my favorite, but I can appreciate them. But right now, war film is not what I want to see. Like, I'm constantly thinking about Palestine 
and I do not want like a I, I already have enough real war things that I'm thinking about a lot of the time just personally I don't want to go into a movie also watching like war stuff right now like I'm just not in the headspace to be like this is cool and fun I'm like not yeah. no thanks I'm super good right now actually yeah um, um so yeah it was like that as well was definitely really grating but um yeah Ridley Scott like great big scale filmmaker for sure like the direction of some of those those scenes would have been insane um but yeah I just don't really care for that stuff and honestly I was a bit sleepy for some of it um (laughs) but I was the um, opposite of Jacob. Like I was invested for like the first hour. And then after the first hour, I was like, all right, I just, I don't know if I can get through the rest of this. <laughs> I was kind of the same. Cause I was like, okay, the setup is all right. Like we're getting somewhere. And then it just kind of like, yeah, all the just rushing through timeline. And like, because of knowing it's a four, there's a four hour cut there. I think that I would probably watch that and maybe bump it up depending on what else is included in that four hour cut. Because Basically, the only time I was really into the movie was when it was about Napoleon and Josephine's relationship. And yeah. that dynamic was so invigorating. I was like so into that. And that's where I think I think the film works at its best, mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah. no, these the the relationship between these two. And also, I, again, Rio, just how much Ridley Scott clearly hates Napoleon. <laughs> I just love I, that's just my favorite it is part. Funny. It's just that yeah. how much he's just like fuck Napoleon. I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna like just make this legendary figure a you know pathetic man child. Pretty much. That's just yeah. what like the movie is doing, which I actually think is a really unique and different take, and I I really like that about it. There were some, I can't remember them for the life of me, but there were a couple of lines in there, like lines of dialogue that Napoleon would say where I was just, I was like laughing oh, and I the, probably wasn't supposed to be. The, but... the just because you have boats like, is, is the best one of like, you think you can rule just because you have boats. And I have a feeling that was meant to be funny, but I also am not a hundred percent. That's what I mean. Like there were moments <laughs> that they would say something and I would be like, Mm, I don't I don't know if I'm supposed to find that funny but yeah it just overall like I just didn't have a great time with it um I think it needed a lot of editing and I think it either needed to lean more just into the like we said into the Napoleon and Josephine relationship and kind of hinge itself on that or something like it was just too trying to tell this big grandiose timeline of I guess, and we talked about this after we got out of the movie, but for me, like, it just went on for too long. Like, it should have ended right around when Josephine died. Mm. Like, I don't, like, after that, I was like, I don't, why are we still going for, like, what, 30, 40 yeah, minutes they, after they, that? They, it, it's like, hey, we have to do Waterloo. And it's like, no, yeah. you really don't. Yeah. You really don't. Like, it just, the yeah. fact that it just did another battle... And then it was just like, I don't know, after after the death of Josephine, I feel like that would have been a great place to wrap it up just from like a character arc, like Mm -hmm. writing perspective, because that kind of goes. Obviously, it ends Josephine's story, but then like because of how much of an impact she had on his life, Mm -hmm. like that just would have been a good like, I don't know. I know water, the battle of Waterloo is 
the huge famous like yeah. thing where it was like all oh, he finally did have to surrender and he's not this like mastermind and I get that but I don't know I just I was kind of checked out after after the death scene like I just didn't need to see another battle <laughs> yeah that's a funny one for me because I uh, went to the bathroom and I just stayed there for about 10 minutes because I was like <laughs> I I don't care I'm just going uh, to my phone oh, and I'm gonna- I take my time and then I get back and Blake's like oh Josephine died I'm like what am I here for can we go now <laughs> all right but, um, yeah let's move on to oh this should be a fun conversation mm. um let's talk about Disney's wish their 100th anniversary film uh that they dropped this year look this movie is getting slaughtered online like absolutely slaughtered and i don't get it i really don't yeah like i like this i don't think it's their best i don't think it's a i don't think it's anywhere near the level of the 90s or even the late or the early 2010s but i think it's their best since moana like i yeah as someone who and yes i know i i didn't like encanto sue me like it's I, I think Yeah, I'm I'm one that wasn't too high on Encanto either. I need to rewatch it, but like yeah. Yeah. Like I I think this is one of their better ones that they've done that they've done recently. And there's a lot about it that I like. There's a lot that I don't like, but I think the songs worked for me. Um I think the villain worked really well for me. Uh the and I think she was I, I thought they gave me a hero that I kind of liked, and I was like, "Yeah, this is cool, cool." Didn't I don't know? Maybe helped that we saw it after we seen Napoleon, and I was just like, "Oh my god, it's a ninety-minute movie!" I can, I'm, I'm happy with a ninety-minute movie. <laughs> so, yeah, like I don't know. I just I enjoyed it. I, I think it's a good movie. Um, when- yeah, I think yeah. I when I talk about it too much, which we're about to do, I get really mad at the fact that people online are just going at it because a lot of those people just haven't seen it and they're making assumptions on it um like some of my friends are but i i think the issue with the animation people have is thinking that it looks unfinished or something and honestly watching the trailer i was like i kind of like the animation but i do get where people are coming from but i think that the it's a storybook inspired animation style and it feels like you're just reading it feels like you're reading a storybook that is hand-drawn obviously not all the scenes look hand-drawn and they're not but I really liked it and I think in the context of the story and as an entire movie and animation aesthetic choice I think it really works and I really enjoyed it and I thought it was a bit refreshing um and really beautiful especially um some of the songs and how they um they like the oh my gosh what's her name um (laughs) character's name I'm completely blanking right now um uh, Asha yeah um how she interacts with animals and the environment around her um I just think it's really beautiful and it does take a while to get used to, I think, but once you're in in with all the songs and the adorable 
stars and the goats, that little star, I died. It's so cute. Um, I just fell in love with it. And I mean, I don't completely adore it, but I think it was really nostalgic and gave me this childlike wonder inside me that Disney hasn't given me in a long time. Um, and I think if we all just stop pretending like this is trying to be like Snow White, which it's not, <laughs> I think we'll all just have some joy in our hearts. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's also, Snow White, it's trying to be Sleeping Beauty, which is worse. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? Like trying to be those older movies. Like, I don't know. I just think that some people are being too harsh on it. Um, I think it's enjoyable and it's a cute Disney movie and that's all I wanted out of it personally. I didn't want this huge, great movie. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it. I would watch it again and I was going to say something else, but I forgot. So Taylor, I'll pass it on to you. I don't really want to talk about this movie, to be honest. It was boring to me. I didn't like the songs. All of her friends really annoyed me. I didn't think her little goat companion was funny. Like, the humor didn't work for me at all. I just didn't have a good time with it. Like, and I don't want to be the person that's, like, okay. throwing off the vibe because you guys really liked it. I just did not. I think Disney has so much better in them, and they're just refusing to do it recently. <laughs> like, I will, I, they just won't do it. They just are taking the lazy way out recently for me, Encanto included. Like, just their recent streak... They just, the magic just hasn't been there for me and it really sucks. Like, they're not taking the time to really put a lot into their characters. They're not choosing interesting animation styles. Like, they're kind of just copy-pasting a lot of the stuff they're doing. The songs, to me, weren't interesting. Like, they just kind of feel like they tried to go with the same generic vibe that they've been trying to go with. I just don't like it. Like, I just didn't think there was anything. Like, the most compelling thing to me about it was the villain. Like, I think Chris Pine did a great job with that and at least you know there was some sinisterness in the villain like it wasn't just kind of you know whatever but i just like that it wasn't a twist villain i'm so over the twist villain I, and i get that i just think the rest of the movie was boring it's fair. like i don't I, her friends annoyed the crap out of me like i think they're all terrible like i don't know i just really was not i wasn't into it and i wasn't like convinced by her whole like coming into you know where every character in these movies has their coming into their own song where she was like singing to the stars and I was like this just feels so contrived to me like I just was not enjoying it I just did not have a good time I was so bored and I didn't, I I didn't want to be but can I ask though like you gave it three and a half stars on Letterboxd like what where did that come from for you I mean for me, I think, I do think there are good elements to it. Like, it's not the worst. See, the problem is I I grade based on a curve of the other things I've seen this year. Like, I don't just, I don't just grade a movie based on its own thing. And I couldn't put it with a lot of the other movies that were lower. Like, it's just, that's just where it fell for me. Like, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. Like. My ratings don't have actual logic to them. Like, you can't actually ask me questions about it. Unlike Jacob, where he has an old explanation. I have a system. I'm just like, this is the vibe. And that's just what I give it. I, um, I, the, 
one uh, the one criticism I am going to give it, and then we can move on to Saltburn. The references really got on my nerves towards the end, like the hundredth when they were at throwing in all the hundredth anniversary references really started to get on my nerves towards the end of that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's oh. one major one that I completely hated and rolled my eyes about. There's a couple, which there's you a know couple. what I'm talking about. But there's a couple for me that I was like that, and also the goat. I wasn't a fan of the goat at all. Okay, I- well, goat supremacy. I love the goat and the little star, <laughs> and that's all I want out of a Disney movie. So oh. go fuck yourself. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's move on to I think could be a bit of a controversy on for us because because um, I I this is very very mixed this movie I keep seeing some people love it some people absolutely hate it and others are very much in the middle. Uh, let's talk about Saltburn, Laney. You saw it first out of all of us, and I don't think I will ever forget that 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 text from you. <laughs> what text? The the when you first told us what you thought of Saltburn. What did I say? I can't even remember. Just that, which is surprising coming from how me. much you hated it. Interesting. Yeah. Look, I've been told by multiple people I need to rewatch it because I fell asleep. Like I, I swear to God, I fell asleep through every fucking movie. But I fell asleep at a pretty pivotal moment. But the people that I've, other people I've spoken to that I tell them the moment that I fell asleep during, they're like, yeah, that was kind of it. There was no like extra depth to that. And it's not like I didn't get any of the movie because I missed that part. But yeah, I look, everyone out of Biff was, all of the Brisbane friends were like, this is sexy and it's crazy and it's trippy and it's just like so much is being thrown at you. So I was expecting just like absolute chaos, really erotic. And it just wasn't any of that. Like I just wasn't feeling that at all. Obviously there's some scenes that are a little bit shocking um, in the erotic kind of thriller vibe, I guess. But a part of it was also just felt like it was being shocking to be shocking and not, just not because it would advance anything. I don't know how to describe it, but I feel like you get what I mean. Um, And it was just boring. A lot of it I didn't care for, which is really upsetting. Like I, like Emerald Fennel, I really loved Promising Young Woman. I think that's a really good film and an exciting film. Um, And yeah, I just don't think it's, what the headlines are saying that's raunchy provocative but this deep dissection of wealthy and upper class um i think it's just pretty shallow to be to be honest and void of any deeper meaning um i'm being really negative on it and i did give it two and a half stars so i did enjoy some of it like I was pretty into it at the beginning and i think it just went on a downward slope for me i think alordi and keegan are great um and their chemistry does work pretty well um but outside of their performances I just find nothing to gravitate towards in this film and especially the the visuals of it great visuals but the cinematography just feels like it's trying to be just trying to get you to screenshot it and post it on Twitter kind of thing um and the 
aspect ratio, I didn't get why that was needed and it kind of got on my nerves after a while. Um, I'm, I'm not going to tell you what the exact aspect ratio is. I'm not a film nerd, but the, the four, four by five, I guess. Four I don't, yeah, four by three, whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's my thoughts off the top of my head. Um, yeah, not good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this one, I'm I'm kind of the same where it was like the the marketing to this movie has been a huge disservice to it. Because everyone being like, this is so raunchy and so edgy and so provocative and it's disgusting. And it's like, it's not any of those things. Mm. <laughs> like it's the marketing having it be this absolutely wild, like sexy, like it's just not. Like, I think we can all agree that it's actually none of those things. No. Um, And when it is those things, it's trying really hard to be those things. And it's just not sincere in any sort of way. Um. And I think shallow is the perfect way to describe it. Like everything that it's doing is so surface level and it doesn't actually try to explore anything in any sort of depth. Like it's, it does. And maybe this is controversial. I don't know, but the quote unquote twist ending to me, like just any like interest I still kind of had at that point was just like killed at that point. I just, being like i just don't like the commentary of like oh no it wasn't like this fish out of water guy who just couldn't hang with rich people it was actually this kind of well-off kid who was just also deciding to be an asshole and like i don't i don't know it just didn't work for me at all that it just turned it into a completely different story that didn't really work and like I don't know where I was expecting the movie to go, but that just was not, I don't know. It was a weird twist ending that I just didn't buy at all. Um, and yeah, like the performances I really enjoyed. Um, I particularly love Rosamund Pike. I think she's great. Um, Richard E. Grant was really, really good. He had some great comedic moments, but then towards the end of the film, he also had some really, really great dramatic moments um like that scene at the very end where they're all at the dinner table for the last time and they pull the curtains and everything's red like that scene in particular like the performances were incredible and there were a lot of moments like that where i was like man this has so much potential there are just so many moments i could pluck out and see where it could have been great and it just wasn't that unfortunately um i do want to give a shout out to carrie mulligan her very little screen time was sensational <laughs> She was oh, so yeah. funny. <laughs> she was so funny. Um, but yeah, I I think there's just a lot about it that bothered me. Um, like if they were gonna do like pretty much uh if she was gonna do the story of rich people are assholes, she really needed to just lean into that. Cause they weren't really all that terrible. Like they were kind of assholes, but not like I don't know, it just feel like it it feels like it doesn't push the right things far enough. Like it does. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Really weird things to be edgy. Like everyone's favorite bathtub scene that you conveniently missed because you went to the bathroom. I um, could feel good. it. And I just went. I'm going to the bathroom. Well, okay. <laughs> like the visuals to me wasn't what got to me about it. It was the sound design. Like the sound of it hap of him licking it up was what really grossed me out because I'm not usually like squeamish about that kind of stuff but the sound design was like I can't do this 
Um, but there was also really no reason for it. Like it didn't serve yeah. a, a greater purpose to the story. The only way the only way it would have served a greater purpose to the story is if someone saw him doing it. Like there were just things. And again, my other problem with it too was it felt like it was trying to exploit like such sexuality, but in like a gross way. Like there was no actual exploration of like are they bisexual? Are they gay? No, we're just going to throw random stuff out there to be edgy. And I really felt gross about that. Well, yeah. Really that, I, I, okay. I, this is a spoiler warning for this movie. Like, I'm just straight getting into spoilers. Like, it, his character really drives me nuts because I don't think the movie knows who his character is. No, the movie not. doesn't know. Does he love him or not? Mm. It just straight up doesn't know that. Um, because there's, there's obviously that's the bathtub scene, but then there's also the grave scene. The necrophilia uh, Yeah, <laughs> which like, and again, the uh -huh. whole thing is trying to tell you that he's manipulating this. That family. he doesn't actually want He doesn't him. actually yeah. care. He's manipulating them. Then why do you include those scenes when there's no one? He's watching. Like, it's yeah. not a performance. No. And that's, that's the thing that gets but, me but, where it's. But then not only that, at the end, like, he doesn't even he doesn't even try to make it seem like he liked him hmm. like so i don't understand you're right the movie either doesn't know who his character is or he's just so badly written that like we don't know who his character is and it, again and look i loved promising young woman up until the end i think promising young woman it's a movie that wants to have its cake and eat it too and i feel like this movie is that even more mm. i think it's a movie that wants to have its cake of we're telling this edgy, deep, sex-filled drama about family and about just rich people and how awful they are and everything, but it also wants to have its cake of, oh, but we're also going to tell this, like, story about that's actually, like, sweet and romantic. And it's like, no, you, what are you doing? I, it, yeah. it, it wants to have everything, and it just can't. So, yeah. yeah it's, it, it's just messy. It's but not in Literally. a fun way. <laughs> not in a fun way. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's like it's got the seeds of all these little things where it's like, oh, okay, it's getting interesting. It might go down this path, and it just doesn't. It just stays at that little seed, doesn't develop anymore to be anything remotely interesting. Um, and then yeah, also with um what Taylor's saying about the plot twist ending, it's like if you want to do that, you have to set that up along the way for us to at least kind of like see that that might be a possibility. You know what I mean? Like you could go back and watch the movie knowing that, being like, oh, like this, this he did this here and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas yeah. like that's just something that they she came up with and was like, oh, that would be a good plot twist, but like didn't actually do anything at the start of the script to – lead well, that on well yeah because when they're doing the big like flashback sequence like the gotcha sequence at the end with the tire popping and like all the stuff it's like that doesn't make any sense with the way no. you set anything up like how would we even like when my you... only comparison right now is like glass onion for example where it's like got those gotcha sequences but you go and rewatch the movie and it actually has those scenes right you where have... if you watched close enough you could see it you have to treat your audience like they're smart and you have to give them yeah. clues to actually get to where you can't just not give them any clues and be like, gotcha. It's like, no, you didn't give me. What do you mean? Yeah. Gotcha? There was nothing there for me to get. <laughs> uh, like, that doesn't. Yeah. So this movie, I'm, 
I'm which bums me out because like I wanted this to be yeah you know like a sexy like crazy like I wanted it to be that Mm. and it's just not that like it doesn't feel like there's a fully developed idea in any of it like it kind of just and then like the weird side stuff with what's what's the character's name the weird side stuff with the kid from Farley, his cousin. Yeah. yeah, the cousin. It, I sat there for ten minutes going, "Who the hell? I know this kid. What the hell's he from?" And then, yeah, it was like, "Oh, it's Grant Trusman, right? Okay, <laughs> the hair's gone. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I um. Ugh. Wait, no, keep going. I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> no, but just like the stuff with that too, where it's like <laughs> they flash back and they're like, "Oh yeah, he sent the email to try and get him sent away," and like. <laughs> like and they're like oh, like that whole sequence and it's like oh yeah no oh he he emailed the guy as soon as they did that it was like well he fucking sent the email yeah like, uh, they, that know. one was when it started going well that's just blatantly obvious but but that's what I mean like but it was just it didn't know like what kind of tone it was trying to set it didn't know what it was trying to do like I just I don't know to me I sit there and think about it and I just don't know what I'm supposed to take from it mm-hmm. like I don't know what the plot really was or like i don't actually know anything about a single character like let not not even just um oliver but like you just don't like there's no character development to any of the characters don't know what the plot actually is don't know like what the message you're supposed to because at least even though i didn't love the ending of promising young woman i knew what i was supposed to take away from it mm. i knew what the story was i knew what she was trying to say this movie, I have no idea. Like I, I, yeah. and I don't really want to rewatch it to try and figure it out. To be honest, like I don't really have an interest in that. Especially coming, like there's bits that maybe you could take away from it, but coming from a very rich director, like I don't know what she's trying to do. Doing this whole like the richer assholes, it's like yeah. that's that's you, darling. I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, that's, um, that's the thing too. Like the articles that have come out being like. So she, like, has all these connections. She's known Richard E. Grant since she was, like, 12. Like, she, like, these are her people. Like, what is she talking about? Like, which is why I think it really needed to be, like, she really needed to nail it. Because now people are just going to be like, what do you even, what? Like, if you, if you're one of these, well, that's what I mean. Like, if you are one of these people and you're trying to criticize it, you need to actually do it. Because this movie doesn't actually say anything. Like. Yeah, I don't know. I just was not a fan of it. Like, this is my first real big disappointment of the year, and I'm going to be really freaking annoyed if it takes certain spots in the Oscars. In the Oscars, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. We will. All right, last movie <laughs> that we're going to talk about before we do start our Oscar conversation. Uh, it is one of the Oscar movies. I think it's going to be in all, all of our lists. We are, of course, talking about Anatomy before. We are going to do a very deep dive with heavy spoilers on this one too because I am fascinated by this conversation. So before we jump into spoilers, Lainey, what was your thoughts on Anatomy of a Fall? Okay. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I Going into it, I was worried I wouldn't because court dramas, like, I have to be really invested in a story for it to be actually engaging. Um, but this was really gripping and surprisingly emotional. Um, I was nearly crying at points, which was I did not expect. Um, and yeah, it breaks 
like from what the trailer tells you, it definitely breaks down a marriage more than it does an actual crime and definitely like also um, how people react in circumstances where they that they didn't think they would ever get themselves into where you're constantly every move you make is constantly being watched how people react to that um is it was just beautiful work from both a screenplay and directing standpoint um and the courtroom scenes are especially riveting with with really interesting camera work as well because there is a lot of courtroom dramas that it's just like standard shots, mid shots, close ups, but this like did a lot of work to make sure you stayed engaged. Um, and yeah, I think it also works best if you go into it not knowing much, mm. um, because I definitely didn't. I tried to stay away, like I do with most movies. I tried to stay away from it. Um, but yeah, I think that the different. Interpersonal, interpersonal relationships that were created um, between Sandra and her son, Sandra and her lawyer, all that kind of um, stuff that's bubbled, bubbling underneath the surface makes it a really interesting, compelling film. Um, and I was very surprised by how much I loved it. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah, so we went into it not really knowing I didn't know. much about it. Um, except that it was just getting really r- rave reviews from everyone who had seen it. Um, and yeah, it was, uh, it was really emotional movie. It was a really, um, edgier seat movie for me pretty much the whole time. Um, extremely well directed. The cast was awesome. Like, so good. I mean, Sandra was great, but the kid was so good. Oh. He was incredible. Um, and it was just like a beautifully made film. Like the way it was shot was great. It was so well written. Um, and I just love the way that they were so the filmmakers were so effectively able to weave together this intimate family drama and then have it also be a courtroom drama as well um yeah there's not too much i can say without getting into spoiler territory um i really liked it i thought it was cool the way that it was both in french and english throughout i thought that it was really effective the way they used that also as a storytelling device like Mm. as part of the plot too which was really cool um but yeah it was a very interesting um it's very interesting lens to look at um, a marriage and a relationship and a family through, for sure. Um, so yeah, the, I I think everyone is all in agreement that this like Sandra Hollow is incredible in this, like phenomenal in this. I think she is sensational. Uh yeah, Taylor, you're right. Uh, the entire cast is absolutely phenomenal. But uh, Justin Tritt's direct and direction is insanely good i i I, i'm gonna be mad if she doesn't get nominated like i'm like that's um i i think this is one of the best directed films of the year um we can get to it in spoilers because there is one scene in particular that i just cannot stop thinking about and how how well it's directed um 
and I yeah the 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 use of the courtroom, the use of language, the use of of discussing relationships and a marriage and. I just think all of it is just so well done and so brilliantly handled that, yeah. And I and my, I think what I really love is that, you know, we're going to get into the spoilers. I think we all have different takes on the film. Like we all ha- got something different out of it and of what it was trying to say. And I think that that's uh, just awesome. So uh, let's dive into spoilers because I have one question that I have to ask. I have to ask both of you. Oh my god! Okay, so, let's get into this. this. Is your spoiler alert for Anatomy of a Fall? So, did she do it, Taylor? I'm not going first. Okay, you can go first. Oh my god. Yeah, Jacob, you go first. Thank you very much. I don't think she did. All right. I think personally, and may uh, I think it that she that he did jump, and that we are seeing a confluence of circumstantial evidence. Personally, and that's my that's my take, and that's how I how I viewed it, Lainey. Um, (laughs) look, honestly, when you asked me when you saw it, I kind of have forgotten since, because I feel like when she was, um, like, what's the word, announced non, not guilty. She was acquitted. Acquitted, that's the word, thank you. Um, not guilty. I feel like I was surprised, but only because I think as a movie, I just thought it was going to go down the guilty path. Um, But the movie, that's the interesting thing about the movie. It just, there is so many ways you can read what's going on. Um, And I think all in all, I feel like I thought she was guilty, but I just, the whole time, I never had a straight answer for you. Um, because, yeah, there's just so many elements to it from what her son thought of the situation, what her lawyer thought of the situation, um, the, like, even what was found with, like, uh, stuff she's written in novels before that she had referred to as, like, um, autobiographical kind of writing. Um yeah. It was all just too much for my little brain to try and figure out. So I was like, I don't know. But yeah, I feel like I was on the fence, but leaning towards guilty. Yeah. She definitely did it. Okay. (laughs) Even Even if she didn't physically push him, she definitely did it. And here, here's my reasoning behind that. Mm-hmm. She was so emotionally manipulative and abusive to this poor guy. <laughs> like in the even in just the court recording that we hear, she's so dismissive of his feelings. Mm. She's so like, oh, this is the life you chose. I don't know why you're so miserable when I'm not even going to give you an inch about when it comes to, oh, you just might as well just do what you want. I don't know why that's my problem that you don't do the things you want and I just fuck off and do whatever I want whenever I want to do it. And wow, I can't believe that 
you fucked up our son. I can't believe it's your fault <laughs> that he's he's damaged now. Like, she's the worst, first of all. So even if she didn't physically push him, she, like, mentally drove him to jumping. So it's definitely her fault either way. Like, that's my story. That's my take on that. Like, she was so awful to him. Through the yeah. whole, like, does she even like him like ever? Because it sounds like she never liked him. See, I think she, I think we never see their relationship ever pre-accident, and I think that's the that is the key to the movie mm. is is you know who how much blame does he feel for the accident, and does did did you know? How much blame does he feel? Because if he feels all of the blame, then he may he drove him. He probably jumped. Okay, if, but no, no, hang on, sorry, sorry. If she thinks he has all the blame, and he didn't think he had blame, then she pushed him. Does that like just mm-hmm. what I'm trying? That's what I'm trying to. That that's the quote question at the heart of the movie. It, well, the, that's the the legal question at the heart of the movie, I guess. Mm, I don't care about the legal question. Okay. That doesn't mean bullshit to me. The legal system can get fucked, basically. Um, well, one thing I do actually love that I do love about this movie, though, is it's a courtroom drama that puts you in the mindset of a juror that mm. says, oh, yeah. you have to be the juror. Yeah. Who, like, what is, you know, and to the point where I think a criticism could be held of they tell you an answer. They They tell you the film's version of an answer yeah but like instead of just going of ending it before where it's announced that she's acquitted or anything like i think that that would have been an interesting way to go about it of like no put the movie in the in the audience and and make that the audience the the juror but i think the movie does a great enough job of doing that I mean, I think it already puts enough doubt in your mind either way. Yeah. Like, whatever answer it gives you, I think it gives you enough of a reason to doubt whatever answer the movie gives you. Um, The single best... For, for me, the reason why I would be nominating Justine as best director is for one scene and one scene alone, and it's the way that they show the audio recording. Having the entire thing played where we can see it except the fight. I think that's brilliant. I mm-hmm. think that one, that is an exceptional piece of directing and uh, and telling a story because it's going, now, now you are a jury member. Now you are a member of that audience going, what do you hear? And yeah. I, I love that. I think it's, I thought that was absolutely brilliant and, to me is is the if if um she does get best director that's the scene they need to show how the the cut from we're inside the room to back into the courtroom i think because it goes it cuts to um if i remember correctly sandra's face and her reactions to what she's hearing Yeah. yeah i just remember seeing that because you've just reminded me of it i completely forgot but yeah i remember seeing that and being like whoa that's that's pretty incredible. Yeah. And I, it's so subtle. Like, you don't realize that's what's happening. Like, that's the decision that's being made. And then you really think about it and you're like, wow, that was really smart. And, again, puts you, like, if you were able to see the fight, 
it would be way, way, way more easy to sway your decision of if she did it or not. Yeah, I so agree. It's just like yeah. yeah, but I that's that I think is one of the best pieces of directing I've seen all year. It was just phenomenally done, and yeah, I, again this. This is one of my favorite movies of the year. I think it's going to be on my top 10. I'll be sh- oh, sorry. I will be shocked if it's not because it means we're about to get seven of like the best movies ever. So like this is, yeah, we, we, if it's not in my top 10, we are in for one of the greatest endings of 2023 of all time. So yeah. Um, anyone else have anything else they want to add about this one? Taylor? Why did you say anyone and then say me? It's just, I'm a bad host. <laughs> Lainey? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think it's, I've had too much space in between it, like seeing it, that I can't recall much. But I mean, we're in spoiler territory now. So just the scene that really got me and I was about to cry was when the son just his internal conflict of like even he is you're like because you're also experiencing through him the conflict of if she did it or not which mm. makes it so much more emotional because what if she is just murdered my dad like what how does a what how old is he like 11 something like that yeah. i don't know yeah, yeah. i think roughly yeah like how do you how do you grapple with that in your head um and obviously we see the emotional impact of that on him and yeah the same way he breaks down and is just like trying to figure it out and that was just really got to me i was about to cry um but also even him trying to remember certain things about conversations he had with his dad that might help a jury of people decide. There was one scene, oh, it's escaping me now, I think when they were talking in the car, um, yeah. like him and his dad, he had a flashback of, I think he told the courtroom um, yeah. the mm-hmm. conversation he had with his dad in the car um, and something he said. And I'm actually interested if you guys think that he made that up or not because part of me thinks he did because it's like he has such blurry memory of a lot of things and then all of a sudden the thing that might sway the jury entirely is what he clearly remembers word for word kind of thing, if you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, That might be me reading into it too much. No, that's not a bad point. I didn't think of it that way. Did you? Yeah, because I thought when originally, like, it was like, oh, you know, it's clear that he shared, like, has something new he wants to share. I thought it was going to be the other way. Like, I thought he was going to remember something that was going to make her look bad. Right. Um, Just, like, with the way things were going, like, that's where I thought it was going. So it really surprised me um, when it was the other way. But I do, like, part of me, and, you know, I also could be reading too much into this, but I just felt like the exact story he remembered was way too convenient of, like, a cop-out of of him talking to his dad and his dad being like, 
you got to remember, son, when it's my time to go, it's just my time to go. Like, ah, oh, what a convenient conversation you remember having with your dad while yeah. your mom is being yeah. put on trial for murder. That's what a perfect little way to wrap that up. So, I I mean, I it totally could have been made up. Like, I wouldn't put it past because at that point, like, I don't know if he because the court appointed supervisor mm. that he spends time with that he asks questions to and she says if there's not enough evidence you just have to choose what you believe and you have to believe it if there's yeah. not enough facts out there and it doesn't lead you to an actual answer you just have to decide what you believe and at that point i think he just decided that he was going to believe that she didn't do it mm. and that he knew that if he could help like if he had a statement like that's just kind of what he was choosing to do i don't think yeah i don't necessarily know if i think that conversation was real or if it exactly maybe it was a real conversation but it didn't exactly like that wasn't actually exactly what he said um but i do think that to me at least it's very clear that in that moment he makes his choice and i don't know if he fully believes it but he follows the advice and I'm like, okay, I have to choose what I believe and I just have to lean into it. And whatever I choose, I'm going to believe that's what I'm going to believe. And at that point, I think he's so traumatized by losing his dad that he's not going to choose to also, it's not going to be his choice. It's not going to be, if he has anything to say about it, he's not going to also choose to lose his mom. That's <laughs> my perspective on it. Absolutely. Something else that I really love and i've kind of already said this again but i just want to reiterate that i really love about this is that it doesn't tell you that i was fully expecting the cliche of we're going to end the movie showing you the answer we're going like to end the real it. like answer, like we're yeah. going to show you that she pushed him or we're going to show you that he jumped and i am so and wait especially when after she gets acquitted and the movie doesn't end and it goes for another five or so, which again, I love those last five minutes because it kind of just shows the mundanity of it. Yeah. Of like, you're acquitted now, go back to living, like go back to your life. There's not. Yeah. And it's like, how do you do that normally yeah. after you just went, you were just accused for murder? Yeah. And also, your husband, your son's father is gone now. Like, it's just like going back to that life would just yeah. be. So weird. I I love that they do show the mundanity of that. Of yeah. like, there's no support. There's no help. There's no. There's no like party or parade that yeah, you've been acquitted. Yeah. There's no. You know the other thing. Like, I, and I can't, I think they say it. I I could be wrong, but like, there's no check. Like, it's not like you've just won a a lawsuit or something. Yeah. It's no. You you just defended no. yourself. Yeah. Like that. There's. It's you go. You go back to living and like. I was really worried that the twist ending was going to be, we're going to show you which one. And I'm so thankful they don't, because I think that, yeah. I think if they did, it would have hurt the movie. Like it, it would have really hurt the film of like, we're giving you an answer. And I think the movie is stronger for not having an answer. Okay. Any final thoughts before we move on to our Oscars discussion? I think I'm no. good. Great movie. Uh -huh. Yeah, great movie. Fantastic. All right. This is so, guys, it's December. <laughs> I don't want to, let's not, I don't want to think about it. Right. Yeah. 
We're, we are, which means we are very, very firmly within the Oscar season. Now, we actually haven't had an Oscars conversation since, I want to say back in March. Yeah, when we were like, we have nothing to talk about. Let's just be let's stupid. Do, and I, which I was said I was going to go back and like see what we said. And I forgot to do that. So I'll have that ready for the next time we talk because that'd be hilarious. Oh, God. I'm actually a little worried about how bad it's going to be. <laughs> I just remember that, like having poor things everywhere. And I was like, I don't know why I did this. And no, now that I've seen the, the movie, way, I. I... Oh, no, that's right. You were the one who convinced us not to have four things. No, I didn't. Oh, someone. I okay. think I'd, I. I feel like it was you, Jacob. Okay, no, I would not I think it was someone. No, because they went. I actually. They actually read the plot and we went, oh. <laughs> and like suddenly went, oh. I feel God. like that was you. Okay, maybe. Yeah. It could have been me. <laughs> I, I was like, listen, Barbie's getting nominated for everything. Yeah. That, I, <laughs> guess what? Wonka's getting nominated for everything. And Wonka's winning Best Picture, apparently. I did not say winning. I said nominated. I said you, nominated. La, 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 la. There was, a, there was a choice. There was a part of the year where oh, you said, actually, you know what? Been, my big prediction, my no, thing uh, is yeah, that Walker's my, winning Best Picture. Super early. Super yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> Don't gaslight there. me, Jacob. Thank Sorry, you very no, much. Okay. Yes. The day after the Oscars, our predict. No, this was even before the Oscars. Was it? This, yeah. This was um <laughs> our preview of 2023. <laughs> oh my God. The funny thing is, I think both of you said, but or one of you said Barbie, and like that's now there's a half a chance that that happens. Um, <laughs> all right, well, let's talk with the granddaddy of them all. Let's move on to best picture. So, how are we doing this? What's um, this actually? So, I want to hear what are your 10 right now, and then we can kind of go through and discuss what like we've all got, why we've got them. So, uh, I can go first. Yeah, Lainey, what have you got? Okay, so besides my top choice, this is all just kind of mumbled. So, like, don't take this order very seriously. But number one choice is Oppenheimer at the moment. Then Killers, Past Lives, The Holdovers, Poor Things, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, Maestro, American Fiction, and The Color Purple. Okay. Uh, Taylor? Um... Yeah, mine's not really in a super particular order at the moment. Um, like these, you're lucky that there's anything that exists on this <laughs> list at all right now. Um, so I've got Oppenheimer, Killers, Four Things, Barbie, The Holdovers, Maestro, American Fiction, Past Lives, The Color Purple, and Anatomy of a Fall. Well. Uh, I think we all literally have the exact same list. I think so. So uh, look, I I think this year's best picture is this list like i i don't yeah. i don't think there's that shock one like the at the moment zone of interest could be a shock and i think that's the yeah. closest one we have that's the like maybe sneaking in yeah um, that and like maybe spider-verse i've been hearing that it's like yeah. oh hasn't it's been a while since an animated snuck into yeah. best picture and that could be the one which i wouldn't be surprised about but like i just don't see it getting in over anything else that's my thing it's the what do you take out and that yeah. I just can't take anything out for Spider. I mean, I I personally could, but yeah. like, <laughs> there's things that I just look at and I go, I just can't see Spider Verse knocking that out yet. Yeah. Um. Obviously, uh, the big one that no that only a few people have seen is Color Purple, but the people who have seen it are raving about it. 
So, and again, and look, it's the color purple. A competent director can make that move, like should be able to make that a best picture nominee movie. Like it's just that story is just one of those sort sort of stories that you sh- are going to be able to 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 get across the line. Um, well, yeah, it's also backed by like Oprah Winfrey, Steven Spielberg, yeah, all exactly. these great producers. So I think, yeah. yeah. Um, the one that I'm so happy that I think is going to be nominated, even though I, and I think it's going to get one other award is past lives. I'm really, I'm really hoping it, it doesn't drop off. That's my one big hope that it. I was, I was saying like, this could be a big call, but I feel like it could be one of the, one of the dark horses that, Everyone loves it, and I feel like it could be one that comes in, and it's not going to like sweep like all, all quiet on the Western Front. It's not going to sweep any of the other categories, and then we're going to be like, "Oh my god, is this winning?" Instead of everything everywhere, but I feel like it's one of those that could sneak up the lists and freak some people out, but it's not actually going to go anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could see that. Um, the other one that is. Not so much interesting. I just think, I don't know, like, and I haven't seen it. It's like one of the few on this list that I haven't seen, which is actually surprising for dis- by December where we haven't seen some, like, yeah. Um, Maestro. I don't know what it is about this movie. I just don't have the, like, drive for this movie anymore. Really? I don't know what it is about it. Like, the, the screening we're going to is probably the only reason I'm going to see this movie outside of, well, I would have gone and said, I don't know. I wouldn't have. have. No. Um, But yeah, the, the Bradley Cooper, Steven Spielberg screening is literally the, like, (laughs) I think the only way you were seeing this. Yep. I was like, fine. I guess I'll see this freaking movie. Yeah. I don't know what it is about it. I'm pretty excited for it. I just, after stars born, Bradley Cooper can do anything. I'm seated. That's fair. Um, I, I, the one, you know, you were saying that about past lives. I think that's holdovers this year. I think holdovers. I was a- also thinking that as like a coda kind of feel good, but I mean, you obviously holdovers, you said, isn't that feel good, but like has that kind of vibe of like a drama that people engage with. You know what I mean? I think out of all of these movies on this list, outside of probably barbie it's the most feel oh and american fiction it's the most feel good um like whereas in like you know there is that little bit of like it's a nice it's nice um it is sad and emotional and it isn't it like when people were calling it a warm hug that's where i was very confused because it's not a warm hug but it is definitely a hug like it's it's, it's def- like a are you okay buddy yeah like it's <laughs> definitely one of those type of movies yeah, um but so i can i can see holdovers being one that if for whatever reason like, like yeah I, I could see oppenheimer go through but obviously we got to talk about the one we all have as our favorite right now and i think is the favorite i would be shocked if the oscars were tomorrow i'd be shocked if this didn't win and that is of course oppenheimer um, we're gonna do a full episode on this at this at some point, but I mean, I think it's still one of the. I, I, it's if it's not my favorite, it's my second favorite of the year. Mm. I, 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 it's it. 
a phenomenal film. I I think we're about to start getting the here Chris Nolan here is your flowers moment. I think we this is the Nolan finally directed a movie the Academy has wanted him to direct, and they are going to give him his awards for it. And I think that's just where we're at with this. And it helps that it's a fucking masterpiece. Like I agree, yeah. It helps that it's an incredible movie, and that and it making nine hundred million dollars, an R-rated three-hour biopic, making nine hundred million dollars. I think is another big part of this where it's just like this is just one of the biggest movies of the year and we're going to reward that and Mm -hmm. yeah um okay i'm i'm the straight white male so i'm not going to talk about this one but if you guys want to talk about barbie (laughs) you can talk about barbie it's like (laughs) did Um, watching the barbie movie teach you nothing (laughs) about gender dynamics jacob literally Oh my god! But anyway, um, yeah, Barbie's one that it makes me mad talking about people that think it doesn't deserve to be there. Um, because I'm not gonna compare it to anything, but I just think as a production, it is one of the best productions of the year, and you just can't fault that at all. <laughs> and it deserves to be there, like it just does. I, I don't see a lineup of pictures without it. You can't look back at this year and not look at barbie i don't you know look this it's this year's top gun like it it, it, you look it's this year it is and that's what i meant by i didn't want to compare it but like it is yeah (laughs) but and like the oscars generally have that they have it like when there's not a when the when the most popular movie is also a beloved popular movie as in like critically beloved you get films like inception mad max top gun avatar that they come in and that's yeah. what they and bar if if barbie doesn't it would be a shock yeah. i right now yeah. Would be a yeah. genuine bona fide snub yeah i think there would be no other word for it i i think if if these are the 10 and barbie drops out for across the spider verse or um something like may december or, or yeah like something yeah. like may december i would be saying that is a genuine snub i that is the Academy snubbing Barney and I, I Barney Barney How um, dare they yeah, come from my favorite purple dinosaur like. <laughs> so yeah that that's where I'm at with Bobby I think that Bobby is definitely getting nominated I will be shocked if it doesn't at this point yeah it's and it's you know not only is it you know like the kind of beloved blockbuster of, of this year that also made a lot of money and critics were very very in on it's like, you know, we got uh we got a movie with original songs that mm. people really have really liked. You know, we have three at least yeah. that are like have been chart topping like actual hits. Mm. You've had, you know, practical production design where there was literally a shortage worldwide of pink paint because they were literally painting <laughs> real set designs and like it's just such a like testament to cinema like movie you know like from the costumes to the production design to the choreography to like just like it's just one of those movies where it would just feel really silly for the academy to be like "Eh." yeah i i would be very 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 shocked if they didn't um are we all in agreement that if not oppenheimer we think it would be killers 
Yeah, probably. I just don't think Americans want to be that. Like, I just don't think they're going to award that movie and then continue doing what they do. I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't know how the Academy is actually going to feel about Like, I think they'll nominate it. I don't know how many awards they're actually going to want to give it. For me, it would be more like you'd probably get, honestly, like, I think it could go to something like The Holdovers. Yeah, that's, like, uh, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you there. Like, uh, I, I think Killers is too. However, I think also what's happening in Palestine right now will have an impact. Yeah, on I, I think the so. introspection yeah. of Hollywood. But that's what I'm saying. How, like, yeah, that and kind I, of stuff right now. And that's, again, I think that's also part of the problem with Napoleon. Mm. Like, that's just not that, uh, you know, even, which is interesting because Oppenheimer is not suffering from that. Yeah. Like, which is a fascinating conversation, all it, yeah. like in and of itself, because it's not really your typical kind of war movie where you're not seeing like battlefields and you're not like it's a very different kind of war movie but i think that napoleon is also suffering from that where it's very much like not an escapism kind of thing at the moment like that's not really yeah it's it's really interesting um but for me like i want to put killer second but i just don't know if i can see the academy doing that Mm. i don't know like part of me is just like i don't think I don't think they're that willing to be that um, self-aware. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, my only thing is that it's Martin Scorsese. Like, yeah. I know. You know. I know. That's the tough part. Mm. But um, it's interesting. All right. Well, let's, speaking of Scorsese, let's move on to director. Uh, so, um, Taylor, where are your five at the moment? This is such a tough one for me. I really feel like director is packed this year. Yeah. So I've got Nolan. I do think they're actually going to give him his directing award. Um, I've got Scorsese. I've got Yorgos. I've got Greta Gerwig. Um, and then I have Alexander Payne. Ooh. All right. But this was a tough one for me. Mm. Like this there's a lot of ways this could go. Yeah. Lainey. I've got um Nolan, which I recently changed i had scorsese up top but then i thought about it a bit more and i gave it to nolan so yeah nolan first scorsese second um gerwig number three lanthimos number four and yeah number five is pretty hard but i eventually went with jonathan glazer but i was definitely thinking um alexander payne Wow, uh, my I have the same four. I think we're all in agreement yeah. on the first four. It's that fifth. My fifth is Justine. Yeah. I think Justine, which I love. Four. I just don't know if I would. No, look, look, it's the one that's the lowest out of the three yeah. of us of on Gold Derby. It's the lowest, yeah. and so I, I'm. I think like those are the three interchangeable ones for sure. Yeah, I, think oh, yeah. I could definitely see that happening. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would love to see it happen. Yeah, like um, I think we're all I, I the one who I could. I'm really fascinated by Greta in this category. I hope she gets nominated. She deserves to be nominated, and I'm hoping she does. Um, I the, her nomination is the one that I think is if if. 
say one of like two of our the the ones that we were saying was fifth get in who's the one that drops and i think it could be greta out of just like the you know every year there's that one snub from director and you're like how the hell did they miss out and i'm terrified. And it's usually a woman and i'm yeah. terrified that it's going to be greta i yeah. that's I my mean, that's fair yeah i get it um yeah. I don't know. I'm still I'm still having a tough time of like how I feel about how the Academy is going to react to four things just because I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's pretty it's it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be in there just because I'm not sure what else you put in there. But and also because it's like just an incredible production and he's obviously known to the Academy thanks to the favorite. But it is pretty weird like you'll yeah. know when you see yeah. it like it's a lot of academy members just will not be into it but that's yeah i know that's why i'm like a little you know because i do think that the favorite was definitely his most accessible movie oh yeah so like, like it was a bit weird but my mom could my mom loves yeah. that movie and if anyone knows my mom she would not like any other yorgos lanthimos <laughs> movie at all ever yeah <laughs> so but we'll see We'll see what happens. All right. Um, are we all in agreement? Nolan's most yeah. likely winning this. Yeah. No, no, this is Nolan's. Yeah. Like at this point, I, I would go if if I was a bet, betting man, I'd be willing to bet more that Nolan wins director than Oppenheimer wins pitcher. Yeah. Like, I, I think so. I, I'm borderline locking Nolan in. Like he is, I think, the closest we have to a lock right now in any of the major categories. Yeah, I think so for sure. All right, uh, let's move on to. I think this is the most competitive and best race we have had in this category in look, as long as I can remember, and that is best actress. All five of these performances that I've got, and I haven't seen one of them, but from everything I've heard, she's incredible. But I haven't, I haven't seen. Well, sorry, I haven't seen two of them. Sorry, um, but I know one is incredible. These five, if all five of them, if any of them won for me, I would be over the moon. If any, and just any of them getting nominated, I'll be over the moon. And that is, uh, I've got Lily Gladstone for Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, Emma Stone for Poor Things, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, Margot Robbie for Barbie. I still have her in, and Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall. If that are the five, I will be over the moon. Um, Lainey? Um. Yeah, I have Emma Stone as Poor Things as number one, but Lily Gladstone, number two, it's like really close. I'm really tossing up what they're going to do there. Um, and then Margot Robbie, which I think is staying because I think her performance is way, way underrated, especially I think because she got a bit <laughs> ironically outshined by Ryan Gosling's performance um, and how good he was, I think. Anyway, we'll talk about it at a later time. But I just think her performance is very great. Um, and then I have Sandra Huller and Fantasia Barino for The Color Purple. Um, but, yeah, that last spot I was tossing up with a lot. But I agree. It's pretty competitive. So who's your – sorry, who are your – so who are your five? Sorry, I only got four. Oh, Emma – no, I got five. Um, Emma Stone, Lily Gladstone – uh, Margot Robbie, Sandra Huller, and Fantasia Barino. Oh, right. Sorry. Yep. Mr. Not listening. Yeah, I missed that. Okay. <laughs> Hell. 
I have the same as you, so okay. I don't really need to say anything. All right. So we're on the lily. We think lilies. Yes. But again, we haven't seen poor things. So I know. So. I, like, it, it might change once we see poor things. Um, and I would love for Lily Gladstone to win. Like, love it. But for some reason, I just think Emma Stone is just getting too much praise to... That's fair. I don't know. I just, but like, again, we're so far away from still. Like, yeah. I think this it could is change first, in a month's time. I think this one, like, I think actually both most of the actor races this year are actual races, which is the first time we've had that in years where you can go, oh my God, these are actual races. Mm. Um, And I think that, uh, so I've got Carrie in at the moment. So why have you got Fantasia? Where, why, why? I've just heard a lot of hype about her performance, way more than I have Carrie Mulligan. So, fair. Okay. Uh, anything else we want to add about actress? Um, so, I don't know. I just like the reason I have Lily at the top is because the Academy has this thing where they like to give, especially when it comes to actresses, they like to give an award to like, a quote unquote out of nowhere first timer like the actress sure. from Roma, like they gave the win to mm. um they gave the win to why can't i think of her name um 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 there was another one and i can't think of it just escaped me i had it and now it's escaped me um but they have a bit of a trend of like kind of giving it to like that kind of out of nowhere mm. like underdog not, kind of thing. not necessarily a rising like a young rising star but like the ones that you're just like, where the hell did they come? From? Like, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> I mean, the two, the the 2010s were filled like, Je- yeah. like Jennifer Lawrence winning for hers the same year as Hunger Games. Like, it was the she's up and she was. Yeah, but I'm I'm not talking about the up and comers oh, though. Yeah, sorry. Like that is absolutely not what I'm talking about. Fair. Um. So okay, so neither of us uh, are, are we all just kind of in agreement? Greta Lee's probably missing out, sadly. Yeah. 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 Uh, same with and uh, Kaylee Kaylee from Priscilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if that's getting in at all anywhere. Yeah, I, I, I think it might get some like technicals, but I don't think it's getting in any majors. No. I don't think yeah. it's getting anything. No one's talked. No one has yeah. said anything about it outside of talking about Jacob Elordi, which again is missing the whole point of <laughs> literally. <laughs> but whatever. All right, let's move on to actor. Uh, tell. So I have Killian Murphy, uh, Bradley Cooper, which eh, we'll talk about after I've actually seen the movie. But I, despite my opinions on it, I think he's probably going to get in, which is whatever. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Paul Giamatti, and Jeffrey Wright. Lainey? I have Killian Murphy, Bradley Cooper, Coleman Domingo, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Paul Giamatti. Uh, I have the same as Taylor. I am fascinated by the Coleman Domingo. So who? Look, so who, who have you look, got? Oh, who, sorry, who have you knocked out? Jeffrey Wright. I think Jeffrey Wright. Look, I, I've just one heard more about his performance, maybe because it's been more it's widely shown. Yeah, it's out. Um, but I think I just have a soft spot for Coleman Domingo. <laughs> um, in supporting. <laughs> what? I've got Coleman this year. But it's not in the. It's not for actor, and it's not for this movie. Oh, okay, interesting. Mm. I do think Coleman gets nominated this year. I just don't think it's for 
this movie. Um, yeah. Right now, I okay, I think I'm I'm gonna be the one on my own little island, and I haven't seen it, and I'm, and honestly, the more the buzz is changing, I think the buzz is starting to change towards Killian Murphy. I've got Bradley change. Cooper. Yeah, because you're a shill. I've got Bradley Cooper winning. Well, okay, Bradley Cooper had been the favorite for the longest time, but now really, not yeah, because everyone's a moron. Um, I had never heard that. I never. thought Killian was like literally the minute Oppenheimer came out, it was like, yep, that's our best actor. Oh, uh, I've uh, uh, this was before Oppenheimer came out because everyone has known about this movie all year from Cooper. Um. So I, I like I Maestro has been this movie coming all year, and that's kind of why Taylor's over it because she's sick and tired of hearing about it all fucking year. Um, huh. But like, I have a whole rant about this movie that I'm not even going to start to get into. <laughs> I'll rant about it after we've seen it. But um, I so yeah, I I still have Cooper. I am starting to turn say that I. I think Killian could win this and the, the buzz around it is just getting there. And the, the, the groundswell is starting. There is something in the Academy where they are, they love nominating him, but they are just not willing to give him the win yet for Cooper for some reason. So yeah, I, I, um, I think we're going to start seeing Cooper doing a lot of, he wants this. Like I know he wants this. So we're going to start seeing him doing a lot of press. I don't know. I don't know how much he wants it. He said he would take an Eagle Super Bowl win over <laughs> over an Academy Award win. So I don't know how much he actually That's wants fair. it. That is fair. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I do. I am fascinated by the the groundswell that is going to o- overcome from Oppenheimer. I am fascinated by how much of an impact that's going to have mm-hmm. on the Knights. Um and then so yeah so uh the the oh so this is my potential shock i think andrew scott could get in i think he's this year's paul oh Mescal. my god if he got in i would it would be a paul mescal reaction but like even more I, because I, like there's no hype around it at the moment like if that was the shock well i'd be dead on the floor but remember this time last year there was no well, hype yeah. Meskel, and I, th- yeah. I think he is this year's Meskel. I, I, uh, I'm a hundred percent. Yeah, I, it's either either him or Efron. It's one or the other. I think. Um, but I'm more willing to say it's going to be Andrew Scott right now because I think that more people are talking about Andrew. Scott. I, I, there is a ground oh, yeah. around Andrew Scott right. I don't know. Now. I think you follow different people than I okay. do. You always say these things, and I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Fair. I kind of know what Jacob's talking about. I definitely not as much as I think he. Like I'm not seeing that much, but I'm definitely seeing a lot of talk. Um, and just like he's everywhere at the moment, he's doing a lot of press, so I think that's also helping. Um. But yeah, I mean, I just can't wait for you guys to see the movie to see the I'm hype. I'm hoping yeah. we can get it this year. I'm really hoping it, we do. But yeah, yeah. Um, my uh, controversial take is I think the one he, t- he the place he replaces the person he replaces is DiCaprio. I think he takes DiCaprio's spot. I I'm not going to be shocked if if we get to the Oscars and DiCaprio's name's missing out. I just yeah, I, I'll be like I agree. Yeah. All right, two more left. Supporting actress, which. Look, three months ago was the lock of the year for Lily Gladstone winning this award, and then um, she she pulls uh, Michelle Williams, which I actually think is is 
unfair to her because unlike Michelle Williams, this is a leading performance. Yeah. Like this is like it act- actually should be in the lead. Like yeah. it is yeah. the best actress performance, unlike Michelle Williams, which, which was a supporting. No, yeah. Um, but it left this wide open. And personally, I think uh Devine Joy's Devine Joy Randolph has just grabbed it and taken it and is She's phenomenal in the holdovers. So, so my five right, right now are Deneen Joy Randolph, Emily Blunt, Julianne Moore, uh, Taraj P. Henson, and Danielle Brooks. I have the same, except I have Emily Blunt still in that first spot. Okay. Um, I think on this, like Devin Joy Randolph is incredible, but I think like I don't know. I just feel like the Academy, like Emily Blunt's never been nominated yeah. before, so like. I, I don't know. I just have a vibe. Yeah, I'm the same as Taylor um, with Emily Blunt up top. To be honest, this category is really messy for me. I have, I mean, I haven't seen two of the movies that I've no, nominated because I have Emily Blunt, Davine, Julianne Moore, um, Danielle Brooks, and Taraji P. Henson. So I, like, I haven't seen Color Purple, I haven't seen Holdovers, so I have that's just going off what I see online. I think Julianne Moore certainly deserves a spot in there, so does Emily Blunt, but from what I saw of Oppenheimer, I can't really recall any scene where I'm like, Emily Blunt deserves that Oscar because of that scene, but that's also just because I watched it while it was very jet-lagged, so I can't have any opinion about that movie, but yeah. I, I mean, I think she's got the one. She has, yeah. There is the one big one. But I think that's also there is, yeah. the power of her performance in that movie where she is so subdued, like, to the side for the entire film until the one scene that she mm. has. And then, yeah. Um, it is going to be ironic if this is the first thing she gets nominated for, which is the movie where she's, like, to the side for yeah, the majority of the movie. Yeah, no. um, I know. We all agree that she should be nominated for this. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I think we're, we all agree. Yeah getting nominated but yeah all right and then taylor i will allow you to do the honors of supporting actor because i know how much you're looking forward to talking about a certain (laughs) performance i think both of you are looking forward to talking about a certain performance um yes so okay so i have ryan gosling winning this award still just because i that's just what's happening i don't know what to tell you um sorry robert Downey jr it's not happening for you again um he will be nominated though so that's cool for him (laughs) um robert de niro i have um i have charles melton from may december um because i do think the momentum for him is there especially after his win at the gotham awards um and then my fifth spot i'm having some trouble with because i know technically i'm supposed to put mark ruffalo in that spot once again not having seen poor things i just don't know how much is going on there with that love mark ruffalo so like i would have no problem with that but then my other thing is like i really want to be chaotic and put dominic sessa from the holdovers in there (laughs) just to like manifest it first ever performance well you manifested you manifested um oh my god now i'm Oh, the movie with uh, Brian T. Tyree Henry. I did. Yeah, you, yeah. Did. you manifested that. So. so I might have to try and bring back the chaotic energy again and try and manifest Dominic Sessa. Um, I also kind of want to be chaotic and put Sterling K. Brown in there because yeah. he was awesome he in American fiction. He had a line that had me 
dying. Like all cinema dying. He well, specifically because we're in a cinema in Arizona, and he was like, "I live in Tucson, man. What do you want from me?" <laughs> like, oh my god, just incredible, incredible uh, energy there. So I really just don't know what to do. Like, I'm at a point where I'm like, I don't know what to do with the fifth spot. Like, I think I'm just going to keep manifesting my chaotic energy and put Dominic Sessa in there. Okay. Just because I don't actually, like, I don't know. I don't know, guys. I got nothing for you. So, uh, Lainey, I'll let you go. Yeah, this is a stacked category. Like, I'm really happy with this category, and I'm really interested to see where it goes. But about two hours ago, I had Ryan Gosling at number one. I do not anymore. I have Robert Downey Jr. at number one. So sorry, Taylor. <laughs> I am the only um, one holding down the fort here, guys. What are we doing? I'm sorry. I just believe that, like, with the trend of the Oscars, I don't know. I feel like <sighs> it's like his first really great role after Marvel. Like his step into his step out of that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I just believe it. But I also think my second pick, Charles Melton, is a serious up-and-comer in this category. And I would not be disappointed at all if he won because his performance, I think about literally every day since I have seen the movie. Um, There are scenes that still play over in my mind. Just all of it. He's just blow me away in that movie and his performance is really subdued it wasn't till I thought about his performance that I was like wait that was really incredible um so yeah he it's incredible but yeah so Robert Downey Jr Charles Melton then Ryan Gosling uh then Robert De Niro then Mark Ruffalo which my fifth spot was mainly just me tossing up between Mark Ruffalo and Willem Dafoe poor things but I certainly think Mark Ruffalo does a way better job um, in poor things than Willem Dafoe does. They Willem Dafoe is also masterclass epic, but I think there was a side of Mark Ruffalo that was brought out in that movie that I did not expect at all from him. Um, so yeah, that's my five. So yeah, I uh, I have had Robert Downey Jr. since the second I saw Oppenheimer, and it's funny. Like I walked out of Oppenheimer a little shocked that Robert Downey Jr. was the favorite. Because I think while he is phenomenal in it, it's also not one where it's like the the way people were talking about that performance afterwards, where it was just like the instant, oh, yep, the Oscar is his. Um, it's his to lose at this point, you know. And it's not and the way people were talking like Heath Ledger's Joker, um, Javier Bardem from No Country. Uh, Christoph Waltz in Inglorious Bastards, where it's from the fir- very first scene, you know the Oscar is his, and it's not that performance. I, I don't th- at all. It's it's a much more subtle, a much more subdued performance from Robert Downey Jr. But it is a phenomenal one. Um, and I do think this is a race between. I I think it is a three horse race right now between Downey, Gosling, and De Niro. Um, uh, I and then. I don't have Charles Melton on just yet. It he may be once I see May December. Once I do sit down and watch it, I probably will. Trust me, he will be. <laughs> um, my fourth is Mark Ruffalo. Um, and then my fifth, I've got Coleman Domingo. He has been on my list since the start of the year. The reason I have it is the role of Mister 
is an Oscar-nominated role. It's just one of those roles where if you are a competent actor, which Coleman Domingo is an extremely competent actor, he is a a very talented actor, that you will be nominated because it is just that type of role. Now, unfortunately, The Color Purple decided we're going to come out in, I think, one of the toughest, best supporting actor races we've ever had. This is a stacked year for supporting actors. Like, it it really sucks because, yeah, you already mentioned it. Like, Sterling K. Brown, in another year, could win this freaking yeah. award with that performance. Like, he's incredible in that movie. Um, Dominic Sessa, incredible yeah. in Holdovers. For an, for a Day first debut yeah. performance, wow. Jesse Plemons, even in Killers. I personally, my performance from Oppenheimer, I love Matt Damon's performance in Oppenheimer. Yeah, I, I really love Matt Damon's performance in Oppenheimer. Now it's like I understand why everyone's going downy, but I love Matt. I really, really love Matt Damon's performance in that movie. Yeah, he's really good. Um, Jacob Elordi and Priscilla that everyone's talking about. Jeremy Allen White and Iron Claw. Yeah, that's a possibility as well. But the one that breaks my heart that I had to take out that just destroys me is uh, John Magaro. I love his performance in Past Lives. Uh, he yeah. is phenomenal in Past Lives. And again, in another year. And uh, yeah, in another year, he's that fifth spot. In yeah. like in another year, he gets that fifth spot, and you're just like, yes, I'm so happy you were nominated. And it just sucks that it, th- this year is so stacked. There is going to be a winning performance that isn't even nominated, and you and you're not going to be able to sit there and go, he snubbed. I think right now there are three people who you can say would be genuinely snubbed, and that's Gosling, uh, Downey, and De Niro. Anyone other than that is just a, you just got unlucky in one of the hardest supporting actor years we've ever had. Great. But yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's that's where we're going to wrap it up. We'll uh, that's that's our current Oscar predictions. Uh, we're going to dive deep a bit more into this in coming weeks before when we actually start seeing more and more of these movies. But uh, it's I'm, I'm impressed how many of these movies we've seen. Yeah, like, usually like, it's like just a shot in the dark. Yeah, but like most of them have we've, we've seen majority of them. It's it's pretty good. Like either the Academy is starting to recognize alt movies that come out earlier in the year or we're seeing these movies earlier. One of the other. <laughs> uh Taylor, where can they find you online? Um you can find me at finally Taylor pretty much everywhere. So uh Twitter cuz I refuse to call it that other thing. Tumblr, YouTube, Letterbox, just pretty much everywhere. Type in and at finally tailored. You'll probably find me there. Laney? You can find me at Laney Film on Instagram and Twitter. And you guys can find me pretty much everywhere at Jacob Blunden. And until next time, guys, this has been the Lights on the Screen podcast. We will see you next week. <laughs>